hello, hello, hello. I'm Alessandra Torresani, and this is Emotional Support. And I have a very, very, very special guest who has already made me laugh like an insane person. <laughs> I'm here with a original sci-fi gal back when it was S-C-I-F-I. That's right. That channel. Jordan Danger. Hi, Alessandra. <laughs> Thank you for having me. What an intro. Sci-fi to... gal to sci-fi gal. Sci-fi gal to sci-fi gal. I was just showing, I mean, I feel like at this point I should probably post that picture. You need to link I mean, that it. Video. Link it to this <laughs> <laughs> We met at Comic-Con in San Diego. What, that must have been like- Circa 2011? Something like that. Something like, yeah. yeah. And I Maybe in, earlier. Maybe earlier, because yeah. it was the first season of Capra hadn't even come out yet. It was mm -hmm. just the miniseries. You were on Eureka, oh, yes. which you guys went for a long time on Eureka. A long Eureka. time, yeah. I mean, they split the seasons into like halves. I know, they did that. So we were like three, one 3. and 1.5. Like, yeah, yeah, we did the same thing. It was like six or seven years, seven years of my life, I think. And you guys shot that in Vancouver? Vancouver. Oh my God, I didn't realize Weren't you were Vancouver yeah. Too? yeah. Wow. The I didn't Coos, realize you baby. were there that long. Oh my God. Yeah. It was like a second home. Did All you my like friends it? are still, you know, I have so many friends still there. I love Vancouver. I love Vancouver. It was rough for me because I was I was 13 when we did the pilot and I was the only minor. I was the only person under 20 something on the show. So all my best friends were adults, you know? Like, my best friend was, like, Going a 35-year-old man. Yeah, I love a scotch. Uh, <laughs> but the drinking age is 19, so I really like six so years okay. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was rough. But it was it was a beautiful city, and I still, like, I still love going whenever I can. That's where I'm going tonight. Oh, you God, I know. It's my favorite. Still yeah. some of my best it's friends so, are like, there. It's so, like, clean, and the people are friendly. It's good But food. not too friendly. No, you no, know? no, no, no. They're, They're not, like, pushovers. The exactly. Yeah, and you can be athletic. Oh yeah, well, you should be. You should like, be, or you look down. Everything, at... everything there, you're like super athletic, oh, I have and to everyone's walk in there. Lululemon. Oh my god, yeah, Lululemon on every corner. But I also am staying this time in the Slutton Hotel. It's originally called <laughs> the Sutton. Been a, a week there one night. Yeah. Oh wow, the Slutton is something mm -hmm. special. And have you ever been down to the piano bar? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. For those of you listening, the piano bar was the most amazing thing because I'm not going to mention names, but there were a bunch of men, and I'm not talking about Capricorn. I'm talking about other shows that I had uh -huh. shot there. Uh -huh. But, <laughs> nah. Uh, but they would go down there because the piano bar was known where the local girls would try to get the celebrity guys. Yeah. So they would go down to the bar at the hotel. Which is how it got the name The Slut. Which is how it got the name The Slut. They would come and try and find their sugar daddies. Oh my god. And, and joke bar. was on them because once that series was done <laughs> None there was of those guys left. have money anymore. <laughs> no. I'm like they're being put up at the Sutton. They don't have insurance. You know? Like those were my thoughts behind the whole story. Anyways I'm very excited for you to be here. Thank you. I think that this is such a full circle moment moment like welcome Everything. thank you thank you for having me oh my gosh i first want to like right get off the back this new movie that you're doing that you're yeah. directing yeah. now you wrote it and you're directing it are you starring in it too no no I, that would be that would I'm be too much i'm not trying to pull a tommy wise out right yeah. now but i'm i'm i wanted to do something especially my first thing i was directing i wanted to be able to devote every minute and ounce i could into right. into that because it's such a it's such a job you don't you don't realize all the work that goes into it. No, in prep, let alone yeah. like on set, you you think of a thousand things on set that you never thought of in prep, mm -mm. and vice versa. Um, and so when I was writing it, it was it was originally just a short film, and me and um, my best friend were like, we're gonna make this because we have such this affinity for drag queens. And uh, I just Which I, I share with you. <laughs> it's my obsession. Oh my god! And I always thought like we see them in drag, but we never really see them at home. And I always wanted to develop a story about an aging drag queen because 
drag is something similar to dance or modeling mm-hmm. where you, you do have like some sort of exploration if you don't make it by a certain point, right. you know, or acting. I mean, look yeah. at us, you know. Um, and so I wanted to write a story about an aging drag queen in Los Angeles who's like basically has she's at her last shot. Like she has to make it. Um, and she has to audition for this like drag bingo night. Oh my God. And so we filmed it. And it was this like unbelievably magical experience where all the stars aligned and everyone was so hardworking and so happy to be there that we were like, we got to do this again. Did you have any drag friends? Um, no, I didn't. How I did didn't. this, like, come to you? It was, I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you want to know how it came to me? I was sitting at jury duty. No. Yeah, and All I was. All the best I ideas was, happen at jury duty. <laughs> I was so sleep deprived, and I was sitting there, and, like, I closed my eyes, and I had this vision of this, like, older drag queen in this red wig just, like, going off on stage, like, someone just hitting their button and then right. getting pissed off, losing themselves in the act, and just, like, like going straight for this yeah. person in the audience, and um, I was like, I would, I just want to write something because I just, I don't think you ever see much of the older culture of drag, right? Especially the ones who just didn't make it necessarily mm-hmm. when they're younger, and you never see them at home. You know, you never mm-hmm. get to see what they're doing when they're out of drag. Um, how right. big is drag in the life of their families? Mm-hmm. How does it affect their family life? And I never felt like you got to see that. So. At least not in the stuff I'd seen. You know, I, I grew up watching Tu Wong Fu. Oh and Patrick, what if, Patrick Swayze was laying down in drag to go Julie to sleep Newman, and waking up in... Do in, you know that I gave my best friend Xander a, um, a, a signed headshot of Julie Newman? That Newmar? He, New, Julie Newmar. Sorry, Newman. <laughs> I don't know where that's coming from. Julie Newmar yeah. that he has in his really? house Really? Yes. Oh, my God. That movie is friend. like everything. And I loved that movie, and I still think it's... Did you love the birdcage growing up? That was I, my favorite. I did love the birdcage. Yeah. But Tu Wong Fu always like spoke to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Patrick Swayze, would, he would go to bed and drag and wake up and <laughs> yeah. drag. And I'm like, this is bullshit. It's just it's you not know? how it happened. And then when I started talking to like other queens and they're like, they were all really grateful for this story because of the fact that they didn't feel like there was ever like a telling of what happens when they go home. Right. And like the other drag queens that they're friends with and the struggles they share together. And I always just kind of wanted to highlight that. So, yeah, because people have no idea what they go through. And I think in the different ages, um, who's now a new friend of mine, my friend Roz Dressfiles, <laughs> you should meet <laughs> just, him. I, I know the, the best name. name. I know the name. And I remember loving the name the first time I heard it. The best person Roz should of all be, time. maybe be in our movie then. Huh? I think Roz needs to be in yeah. it. He's the funniest thing. If anything, just go on his podcast because <laughs> you'll appreciate this. He has a podcast about ghosts and oh you tell ghost God. stories and I and do he does stand up and he's the funniest. Ghost stand up? No, he does he does stand up as like an, his persona. If I say this, Ross, I'm I'm sorry. It's um like a nineteen like sixties um housewife from the Midwest. Oh, I like and the that. wig and the outfit oh, yeah. and does straight stand up like that. I mean the name alone just the name says alone, it, you know. But um we were talking how he was saying that when he was Younger, he didn't know that he wanted to get into this world or anything. And this drag queen named Dolly Levi, who's my favorite of all time, Mm -hmm. is the one that kind of showed him the ropes. Mm -hmm. But I met Dolly probably, God, I'm 32, and I met 
her when I was like maybe 16. Oh, I went to man. Mickey's and some other club and they had the drag show <laughs> and it was the Dream Girls and you Review. Were enamored. I was enamored with yeah. her because she was a professional dancer. So she knew how to do fuetes and all these oh, turns. Damn. And that's what she got oh, into. That spoke to you. Yeah. It spoke to my <laughs> core. I was obsessed. And he said, yeah, Dolly Levi was the one who taught him how to do the eyebrows, told him how to do the like lace front wig, like told him. And I was like, that is so magical to have like a fairy drag queen mother drag mothers and drag sisters and they all you know help each other through the bullshit and i don't know it's weird too because of the culture we're in now drag has become so big because of Mm -hmm. drag race and um like lady gaga Mm -hmm. you know she's it's kind of rough though because they've been doing drag for so long yeah and And now there's now there's like these straight female performers who Mm -hmm. need to profit off these drag queens and these drag queens aren't necessarily getting paid which that's a whole other world i had no idea about yeah it's yeah I didn't know that was a thing. It is, and it's it's, it's such a big thing in, in culture now that, you know, drag queens aren't really being looked at as serious performers still, but they're being profited upon yeah. by pop stars and well, anyone who and needs... And that's what Roz and I were also talking about, is he goes, you know, drag queens now have become every hot guy in, like, WeHo who's, like, gorgeous does drag because they think it's, like, fun. But he's like, they don't know or really what you do. Or, like, it's big right do. now. Exactly. Right. And there's a lot more that goes into it than just learning how to do your makeup. I mean, these queens that I've met, their 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 comedy is unlike any comedians I've ever oh met. Oh, my God. Incredible. They're, like, lip singing and they're dancing. Their showmanship in yeah. general. My dad came to set. No. <laughs> and my dad was just watching them in awe. They were doing this performance piece. And he walked up to them and he's like, you know, he's like, I would go see a show if you guys put on a show like this. And I was like, Dad, this is what they You're do. Like, Dad, this is how it yeah. is. Yeah. He was like, man, he goes, I would see that. They're so talented. And oh I was gosh. like, yeah, this is what they've been doing for years. Who did you cast to be the main um, character? Uh, her name's Kelly Mantle. Okay. And she... What a fabulous name. Well, she's... I think she's she's related to Mickey Mantle, actually. It's her, no. It's her birth name. No. Yeah. And I recently found out... That me and her are slightly related. What? From Oklahoma, like, generations past. I mean, through marriage, but still, it was very odd. Um, that is very weird. She's she's a she's a trained actress. She's, I mean, I can't even explain to you what magic she put on on my screen. It was, yeah. it was unreal. And did you cast her through an audition process? She auditioned. Or, yeah. And you were looking at, at certain names, and we were kind of putting feelers out maybe to offer it. And she came in auditions, and I was just, like, on my ass. Like, she was so fantastic. So wow. I was, like, done. And she was a little younger than I wrote. So, mm-hmm. you know, we had to really play up the age a little bit more with her. But she was, like, the most phenomenal thing I've ever oh seen. Oh, my God. I can't wait to see I it. know. And oh so there's God. two other vignettes we're shooting. And the, and the vignettes will intertwine. Okay. About three different drag queens that kind of um, all are on a similar path in Los Angeles. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This is So we shot huge. two. We still have one more to shoot, but. Oh, my God. This is huge. I sure hope so. How was that process, being a director? You know, it's one. <sighs> there are a lot of things that you, you you know, like, I, I grew up in TV. Right. And I would shadow directors on Eureka um, or some of the other shows. I would really, like, try and pay attention to because it's always something I was interested in. Mm-hmm. And I've always written. I've been a writer since I was probably, like, 13 years old. I wrote my first script. Um, but I was always like, I want to be in it, and I don't want to direct it and right. be in it. I just always felt like I didn't want to devote too much time to one or the other, and then, and then the film suffers, and then they're like, what the hell was she trying to do, right, you know? Right, right, So with this one, I really wanted to, like, take a step back and be um, just behind the camera, um, and I, it was one of those things that, like, once I started doing it, I was like, how have I not been doing this, like, my entire life? It's so, uh, yeah, I think it's so awesome that you did the, like, 
beyond just the writing because that's a talent of its own and and that's very hard but the directing for me is something that I've wanted to do since I was a kid sometimes even more than acting and you absolutely should and I yeah and that's the the goal like for me I think what it's all about me uh <laughs> what an actress it's Jesus just your podcast. no but for I've me? always for me I've always wanted to do I think movies are awesome I've always wanted to do um multicam I've always wanted to be a director in the sitcom world and I have that exact same passion like I've I grew up doing because we grew up doing that yeah. and we never saw enough females exactly doing it. and I saw a couple and the ones who did it were, were phenomenal incredible. and yeah. I was always like why why is this not more poignant with the female director yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I had the same thought, and I love doing multicam. And you would always see something, you'd be like, "Oh God, I wish I could just like add to that." I know, you know? I wish I could just like. And I don't want to nervous. Step. Yeah, in in sitcom world, I feel like you can understand this. It was such a boys' club, and the, the there were some. There was Especially one the pilot age we grew up in. Yes, the one pilot I did when I was eighteen years old. It was a a, a multicam. It was probably the worst experience of my entire life. They were abusive. They were yep. rude. Like, I cried every single time I got in the car. They were rude to every woman in the show. I'm sorry. I never (laughs) had that It was the one time I ever did in anything I've ever done. It was was actually, and I remember it, and I just always thought I would never do that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think they're working anymore. Isn't that funny? That's really interesting. But it was the, the one experience where I saw and I go, I will never be this person. Mm-hmm. I will never treat my actors this way. Like, there was a scene, you'll appreciate this, I'm a vegetarian, and they knew no, this, no. and there was a scene where I'm supposed to be making out, like, disgustingly with my boyfriend, and the actor at the time, he was super sweet, and they said, oh, he was eating, they gave him, like, sausages or something, or bratwurst, like, something disgusting, and before, like before, and I was like, do you mind brushing your teeth because I'm a vegetarian and I'm like That's super sick and like it was really out. gross. Yeah. And they were like, you don't have to fucking listen to her. Here's another one. Yeah, and Fuck they did, off. yeah, it was just like that abusive it was bullshit. Like, yeah, it was like the intentional trying to get under your skin. Yeah, and it was that Which moment. Doesn't, doesn't breed a great performance. I'm not sure why. I'll tell you this much, it's no surprise it didn't go. I'll say that, okay? Because they <laughs> had God, phenomenal actors. Yeah, they, they would have treated people actors. like that for years. No, and they had the best actors and I was not I was very low on that totem pole I was just a daughter Mm -hmm. you know there were big stars in there that they yeah it was not I was not the victim you know of the situation yeah but it because we were grown up yeah but I'm like I just took from that whole experience I will never do this and I think that that's really important I, I think I'm going to preface this. I think that women should follow their dreams and, like, if they want to be a director, do it at any age, do it however. I think it's very unique, though, someone like you doing it because you know this shit, like, front and back. And you're, I mean, you're right. I, anytime I, because, you know, we were on a show, we had a different director every week and we yeah. for seven years. And I would say about 85% of those people, maybe 90, were phenomenal and they mm-hmm. treated you very yeah. well. And then there was a couple that came in that, couldn't look you in the face. No. And I was a young girl. I was 16, 17, 18 on the show. And no one took me seriously. I had a lot not. of problems with a couple of the showrunners. They they were treating me like a child but working me adult hours. Um, and I I told myself the same thing. I was like, I'm never going. I mean, actors, I don't want to, like, throw myself a pity party. But at a young age, we have to go through a lot of shit. Yeah. And a lot of and them. And puberty. <laughs> not to mention puberty. Not to mention that. Um, and so I, I, I remember thinking to myself, 
if this is what people are making a set like, I can make a set a hell of a lot better. Yeah. You know, it was it, it was it was grueling. And when you're that age, you know, you don't really have the backbone to be able to like stick up for yourself. because no. You don't want to lose your job. Your family you don't want to be a diva. For you. You don't, don't yeah. want to like ruin your entire family's life, basically. And yeah, you don't want to be crowned a diva. Uh-huh. And now nowadays, at least people can speak out against that. But in that time, no. if you were if you were a young female and you were saying Forget no to it. something, oh. Forget I got about calls it. with like fifty-year-old men screaming at me when I was seventeen, <gasps> screaming, and I was like, "This is not what I pictured." My yeah, I had one of those. Like, I was I was twenty though, but I had one of those phone calls because you develop boundaries, and it's not it's not something completely crazy. I mean, it's it's a boundary that you set for yourself as a seventeen-year-old girl. I'm not going to do this. You know, I'm not going to let you dye my hair blonde six times in one month while it's falling out in clumps. Like I, <laughs> I have, I, I was laughing because this job that I'm going to do, it's the the same uh, head of hair department as it was on Cap, as she was on Caprica. So it's like family to me. So I'm like, oh, thank God, like family, uh-huh. family, family. But we were laughing because she was like, oh, I think they want to highlight your hair or whatever. They might want to change your hair up. And I'm like, look. <laughs> Mine has been ten years since Caprica, and this shit has not grown back. So what are we gonna do? I just gonna like cut mine the fuck off I because my I try I did not cut mine. It fell out, and then I told people I cut it because I didn't know what else to do. I've had so many extensions. I've had You're so like, many this colors. This is a choice that I. What's made? my identity? I don't know what it is. But literally, it's, they, it's that, that was, kind of. Feeling. I always had. I've had hair problems since I was very young, and yeah. like very, very what thin hair? hair. Exactly. I've never had it. And I remember like when that happened, and they were putting these extensions on me. And yeah. It was like, and it was like the extensions are much better nowadays. They were not cute. We'll they say were that. made out of like very sharp copper, yes. and they yes. put these things in your head, and they would they cut hurt. through your hair, and they they'd cut up your scalp. Yeah, when you lay and down, they cut my hair off, and it was falling out in clumps. And they're like, "We just need a diet. We just need to bleach it again." And I was like, "Please, for the love of God, don't!" And my hair still hasn't grown properly to this day I start wearing wigs for fun sometimes yeah. and now I just bleach my hair and cut it off because I'm just like yeah, I, I, shit's never going back to listen, normal listen I love the platinum blonde I think it's the Thank best look you. I'm telling you like I it's, like to go dark in the summer and like platinum I, in the winter you, you know, know that, that's what I did too this <laughs> <laughs> is so oh. weird um, I want to also like touch on because I think that this is something obviously that you've been a part of of being in going back to the Comic Con world mm-hmm. do you still have that fan base where you're still like engaged in that audience and still doing all of those I do I I don't do the conventions anymore I kind of I did what did I do I did one like maybe a couple years ago Mm -hmm. and it just was so poorly organized I was like I don't I don't want to do this anymore you know I feel like I'm like reliving my like heyday and I just feel so uncomfortable sitting there being like I felt the same way yeah autographs that's thirty dollars there was someone there that was in Star Trek a random Star Trek oh yeah but they had one line like in one episode and and I was like I can't do this now and they'll milk that for a very long time and I, I just found myself like I felt like out of place there yeah I didn't I just didn't want to do it anymore and I just got weird. I felt weird asking for people to give me money to like take photos with them. And I'm not saying it's it's great for like for fans. Like when they oh want to meet God, up with I you. I mean, I would do that yes. for fans. Like for people, I would totally was, like, wait in you line. You know, a, a killer's convention. Like I would be there. Like yes. take all my money. Yes. Here's ten different credit cards to split yes. it across. You know. But like I just I feel weird. I guess like. I, I worked on that so long ago. Mm-hmm. I don't feel right. You feel like a different person. Accepting like praise for it in a yeah. way, which is, I don't know if that's rational or not, but I still like keep up, you know, on like Twitter and Instagram, like tons of people like still message me that were messaging me when I was like 18. Yeah. And I still try and keep up with like that sort of stuff. And the people who've stuck around and there's still people like discovering Eureka on a daily basis, you know? That's so, so like fun. I just found this on Netflix. 
You know, Eureka came out. I did a pilot. You definitely don't even know this, but I had talked about it because the one of the creators of the pilot came on, and and we talked about Eureka afterwards, like off oh, off yeah, brand. Yeah. But I did this pilot called Newton. Do you did you ever audition for that mm-hmm. pilot? Was I doing Eureka so, at the time? No, oh, it, was it was before three years before Eureka, no. and it was Not the exact same premise. <laughs> Guess it wasn't as good. Just kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. No, Eureka was amazing. And it was Um, a Joel Silver pilot, and they were shooting The Matrix two or three at the time. So we had to all go to Australia. Same thing. Small town. I was the daughter. My dad. Well, a little different, but it was a fake town that this this company will say like Google created. And my dad was hired as the postman. To come in, oh, no wait, no, maybe not the postman. Jesus Christ, you lost I me. I'd say refrigerator, but that was that. That's what you call it. Who played your dad? Colin does. He's the main yeah. tag man. He's now. the fucking the best he commercials ever. Me up. Best commercials ever. No, but it was the same kind of a th- idea ish. And each day, each week, you would get given a product, and so you would open up that product, and it would be. A phone, and the phone would connect to someone from your past, and like so. Each week was a different thing, like but it wasn't for an anthology. It was just no, oh, it kind of was, kind of, but not really. Okay. But it was basically about this. But family there was that like a linear in. plot line. Yes, I gotcha. And but it was the same sort of thing where it's this family, and like the world seemed so suburbia. Yeah, but. Sci-fi. Well, I think they've always done versions. I feel like of it. like even Twilight totally. Zone did something very similar. Yeah, to that. I guess where Eureka went different was it like well the pilot was a little darker than the show. The pilot was like U.S. Marshal, like his felon daughter stumble upon the town and like all these crazy government inventions or killing people or hurting. You know, it's yeah. like yeah, that sort of thing was always like the you know the anti- or the antagonist in the show was um, different mad scientists who like went too far with their thoughts or their right. technology. Um, but I feel like they've been that, that sort of idea. I guess has been. You know, like well, pitching the suburbia, it's futuristic. Like yeah. Exactly. It's the same sort of idea. Yeah. Wow. So you were 13. Mm-hmm. So how the fuck did you handle all of that? <laughs> I did it. Like, <laughs> I did oh, it. my God. No, it was it was rough. And, you know, it was um, it was it was rough. but It was fun. Like I, I always say, yeah, it was it was a hard job. I was working about 14, 16 hours when I was yeah. like a kid. But would I would rather have been in high school or middle no. school? No, God, no. no. Like, absolutely not. I mean, that's just as hard. People do it. Was that your first and, job? Um, no, I no, <laughs> no Alessandra, don't make me what? bring this up. I want don't bring, make me bring I this up. I do not even know this. I did a Disney Channel original movie called Go Figure. Oh my God! I thought that that was during um, no, that Eureka. Was, no, no. That well, was you know I was in a Disney Channel original movie, so don't feel wait, that wait, bad. wait. Which one did you do again? Mine was going to the mat with Andy Lawrence. Going to that was a wrestling one. Yes, it was about a blind wrestler, <laughs> and I taught him his moves. I bet you did through dance. <laughs> Stop! And you already had true a dance story. background. It at was that a point, true right? story, though. So yes. you already were you a dance? You were a dancer before that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah way before. You've but it was dancing. not like a dancing through interpretive like, thing. It was more like um, take your step back and it right, and then I like and kissed him, oh. and it was like very awkward. And I'm sure yours shot in the same place in Salt Lake City. Oh hell yeah! Oh, it did. Yes. It was mine shot what five years after the Olympics, and they were still playing the Olympic music no. all over the city. Oh my god, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Wait, so that was your first. That thing. was my first thing, and I was a I was a figure skater who couldn't get a scholarship to the school, so I had to go on a hockey scholarship. And like, did you figure skate? No, but I told him I did. <laughs> And then, of course, a week later, they're like, we're going to get you on the ice. 
And I was like, did you train ah. like really hard? I did. Well, after I got hired, I had, I, I went for a week every day. I don't even know if this ice skating rink is still open in LA. It was like deep in the valley. It was called Iceland. Oh, I remember going there when I was a kid. And it was like. Like, I remember... Like in Sepulveda, Yes, <laughs> yes. And I remember, like, it was... They didn't Zamboni it ever, you know? It was just... It was all hacked away. I would... Tr- I was tripping all the time. I think I, like, cut my hand. There was, like, b- like blood on the ice. Oh, my And then God. the next day, they just kind of got glazed over. There's still <laughs> blood under the ice. <laughs> but I trained my ass off the, for that week, and then I was able to stand up and act like I could skate. Did when they, they have a when double? They me. Oh, God, Yeah. Yeah, they hired like a girl who could actually do trip flags. But I did train for like a month with a um uh ice skating coach. Her name was Sarah Kawahara. Was she Yamaguchi? <laughs> yeah. She was in the movie. No, she, she was Yamaguchi. Not. Yes, she no, was. I just yes, she said was. That. We did a scene together, yeah. This is kind of a big deal. Playing it must herself. be on Disney Plus now. I have been getting a lot of messages. Yeah, I'm a, I yeah. I would I would bet. Yeah. I've gotten messages. I think you got plans tonight, Alessandra. You're Listen, going home to watch got, Go Figure. I got plans to get home and do you know, I auditioned for I'm sure you did too. This is just the story of our auditions. It has nothing to do with mental health. But it's the reason why we're completely fucked up. But, um, <laughs> There's a reason why I'm um, talk depression. about lying for a job. Um I went in for one that was a lifetime movie and it was uh-huh. about a skater. Surprised you didn't get it. And um, they asked in the audition. I kind of hit audition, my quota with skating movies. Them. They asked in the audition if I skated. And, you and said, I said I'm, yes. You said professionally. I said very well. <laughs> That's what I said and too. Then, <laughs> I said very well. Did you go in your audition where you had to skate in yes. the audition? Yes. Oh, okay. It was the it was the next week. That's what I was saying. I had they, oh, made, they put me on the ice before. Oh, they put you on the That's oh, why oh, I went oh, to train. Oh, oh, but you had already gotten the role. No. 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 They want to see me on the ice. Oh, so shit. I had a week to lie my ass off. Did and... you buy skates? Because that's what I did. No, no, I did not. <laughs> I bought skates oh, like I was no. a professional. You bought the nice ones, too, Oh, didn't yes, you? I did. The white ones, and I got hot pink, um, like, holders. You were more worried about what you would look like. Well, because I wanted them to think that I was, like, professional. But, but nothing had, like, scrapes on it. It was all brand new. Do you know that, you know how, like, people skate or rollerblade where they're, like, one foot forward, and it's, like, a like a side-to-side, <laughs> like, jive? That's how hockey skate. That is how I skated, yeah, and no. they... They had girls there doing triple axles oh, and yeah. like all these shitty moves. And so and you I booked was, it. And they go, I went up to the director halfway into the skate around oh, and I go, I really wish you the best luck. I don't <laughs> think this is for me. And I left and I cried and I called my mom and she's like, what do you mean? And I had a hired, oh my God, I forgot. I had two private lessons before. My mom's like, you just paid $150 an hour to have this. For and a then role, you, you would have been paid $20 on a day. 100%. And then I gave up. So I really like give it up to you. You must like look very graceful. I, I grew up a gymnast and I oh so you have really good balance and I and, did yeah. I mean I'm 28 now I'm not no. sure what it is but I, I grew up doing gymnastics every day of my life and so like ice skating aside from the learning how to actually stand on right. the ice which is really the it's, hardest part yeah. of learning um I was able to get the other movement down right not easily but it was I was 13 so my muscle memory was like yeah <laughs> you were like it was pretty good listen bitch not I got so much this. anymore you want me to skate well, I, I got was, I was gonna go ice skating the other day no. <laughs> just, I completely chickened out I was like you guys like actually I'm kind of tired you're gonna um, break bones I've had like a drink I just don't think it, I don't think we should girl we're too old you can't know, do but that we, I'll not, no we should though yeah, we should until then there's a phone broken and then we can't get a job with our I one audition that we have. I can't get a job anyway. Jordan. <laughs> I can't Jordan. get a job. Why do you think I'm writing and directing my own shit now? But that's what you should do. I agree. But I think that these things happen in life. I, 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 
I've been doing weird shit in my life that I never would have done before. Right. Hence starting a podcast. Yeah, you would never be doing this. I would never be doing this, but it's because this like lull in my life of not having the amount of auditions. I mean, we used to have two a day. Easily. Three a day. I know. And like changing in the car. In the car, and like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, this life. I, uh, <laughs> and I would be exhausted. Oh, God. I'd be exhausted. I'd just sleep and do it all over again tomorrow. Oh, poor me. <laughs> all this opportunity. Oh, <laughs> opportunities. But it's true. And like things have completely changed. It's and for opposite the, now. For the better, that's fine. But for, for you know, I'll speak for myself in like this way. For me, it was the most like depressed I think I've been in my entire life and I've never suffered depression I'm bipolar so Mm -hmm. I've suffered mania but I never suffered complete depression where I was like crying every single day I couldn't get out of bed and I was like what the fuck am I doing with my life I actually had the exact same moment where well I've I've suffered through like I've had an anxiety disorder since I was about like oh I've had it forever but I got diagnosed when I was probably like 16 17 and um, I've gone through depression throughout my life like bouts of it and I always kind of was able to put it in the back of my mind when right. I was working. I never really thought about it. Yeah. I was always putting that energy. Because you're so busy. I'm so busy. I don't have yeah. time to really think about it. Um, even though it was like there. And I've I've had pretty bad anxiety. You know, I would have panic attacks just out of nowhere in my trailer. But I would always kind of. Keep it together. Keep it together. Yeah. Gotta yeah. look a certain way. Um, but then when I started, the audition started, you know, dwindling. And it's, I've always hated fucking auditioning. Oh, I gotta be honest. God, I'm I mean, the worst auditioner. It, you could be in the, the best actor in the world when you're on set, and then you get in an audition room, and you are just, like... Panicking, shaking. Like a monster. Do you <laughs> ever have those moments where you, like, sign in, and you're like, nah, I think I'm just going to leave. <laughs> every Because that tends to be every time. Of my life. Okay, I literally will do that. And I've I sit had down. that thought. I sit and I'm like, no, you're not gonna get. Like, why are you fucking here? Why like, am I wasting on. my time? And I just like spent two days learning these lines, and I put yeah. makeup on. I don't put makeup on anymore. Yeah, I, you know, like I don't. Yep. And I and I'll sit there and I'll go like, I'm not gonna get. And I, I think it's just from years of constant rejection because you get rejected mm. about 99 percent of the time 99.9 <laughs> right i was rounding down but, job. <laughs> but you you get rejected so constantly like if you book something it's like holy fucking shit really yeah like it's just nothing but pure shock yeah so i just kind of always go into it and like it might be the wrong approach but i don't know if there's a right approach i was going to it thinking eh, and i feel yeah. like i do better on the ones where i'm like I'm probably not going to get this. I'm not going to put, like, every ounce of care into it because mm-hmm. I'm going to leave. I'm going to be devastated, mm-hmm. especially on the ones you know. There's always that project you get where you're like, I fucking love this. I yeah. need this. Yeah. I'm going to dump the next three days into it. I'm not going to answer my phone. You I'm not going to go it. to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm not going to eat. I'm just going to, like, learn this. Yeah. And you go in there and you give it your all and you and you feel so good, and mm-hmm. then you see just, like, the blank face staring mm-hmm. back at you that just goes... Or they look on their phone, and they're texting. <clears throat> okay, thank you. Yeah. And I had that thank moment you. once, and I won't name the casting director, but I, I vowed to never go back to her ever again, because every time I was in the room, her phone would be vibrating, she'd <gasps> be looking at it, and I would... And I had this one audition where I had to learn both roles on this, <gasps> these 12, 12 pages, so it's 24 pages, basically, of just dialogue. And I went in there... And I said, and I was, I was so ready. And I yeah. was like, which one should I read first? And it was just kind of like, well, I don't, whatever. <gasps> and I was like, oh, good God. I know where this is going. And doesn't it just like and take I you left, out of your element? And I was sobbing, yeah. bloody murder. I was so like, and I think it was just the frustration of dumping everything you have into a career since you're a kid. I mean, mm-hmm. I know you were a kid. I was 11 when I like yeah. came out here. 
and I and I and I I put everything I've put my work before anything like mm-hmm. relationships, certain things in my life. I you know probably should like work has always come first for me. Always, always, and it always will because yeah. it's so important. I don't to me. know what else to do. <laughs> it's just like it's who makes me happy. It makes me who I am. And if I don't do it, I go crazy. Yeah, and I God, I I know exactly that feeling that you went through with with. Well, you're like I want to. I don't even know that casting director. Uh, you do, but I will. But, <laughs> but I'll but tell I you mean, after. But but I and I recently had one, probably mm-hmm. like a month and a half ago. It's a very specific time. <laughs> <laughs> like it it's like I know October these yeah, it's like I know these things because I don't have them a lot. I know. Um, and I went in there and I was not even that into the role, but mm. I was like, ah. Cool, I'll like go on and do it the way and and the description was me. So I was right, like, cool, right, like right. no brainer. And I went in there and and she stopped me every two seconds. And then at the end mm. I did the final one and she's like, What are you doing? No. And I go, Excuse me? And she <laughs> she goes, Oh my god, I, I told my friend Alex the other day, she was cracking up. We were peeing our pants what as are I'm you crying. Doing? She goes, That's What are like you doing? That's my nightmare on repeat every night. Is someone stopping me in the middle of the session and are saying, you doing? What are you doing? Well, I lived your nightmare. And she's like, What are you doing? And I'm like, excuse me. And she's like, She's supposed to be upset. <laughs> you mean like I'm you like, are right now? I'm like, well, I'm there. And then afterwards, she was like, "Do it another way." And I did she did really it. say, "Do it another way"? Or did yeah. she tell you oh, how yeah, to yeah. do it? She had me. She stopped me after the first but did, two but lines. She every used the words, time. "Do it another way." Yeah, yeah. And then this is the worst. Oh At the end, God. she goes, "Well, I guess that was funny. Very, you're very skitzy." And I what? And I was like, Skitsy? and I was like, that's real stupid to say to a bipolar girl who has a podcast about mental health. I'm just saying, skitsy. She goes, that's very skitsy. And I, I left never the heard room. that you so blase, so blase. And I literally, I was like, okay. Meanwhile, I'm just gonna preface this. She starts smelling under her arms, and she goes, oh, I forgot to wear deodorant. And I'm like. I can't. So I like walk out of the room. I st- I couldn't even have like Stop. my tears started falling before I even shut the door. And oh. I think I was really upset because it was like on Halloween too. Like Maybe there was she something was a that like bitch. Well, beyond being a bitch, yeah. like it was awful. And then I talked to other friends who had had been done the in same this, yeah. and they'd seen the same behavior mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Watch us, but watch it be the same. Things are hundred percent. It's gonna hundred percent be. But it was like this thing where I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. I know I'm a good actress. I know I'm solid. Sorry that you're having a bad day. Sorry, or sorry if you've had some bad day. auditions this morning. But like, you can't treat someone like that because they go home. And they put that into the next work that they do. And here I am a month and a half later. And you're still, still thinking about it. about it. Yeah. And they don't realize, like, you you give your everything when you're an actor. Like, you you put everything you have into it. Like, I, I don't know about you. Like, a lot of people, they take on roles and they become that role. I take, like, a piece of myself. And, like, yeah. that version of myself is the best thing I could do in that role. Right. And that's what you get. And, like, if you're going to insult that version, it is going to, like, <laughs> you're insulting fuck me. me up a little yeah. bit, you know? And, yeah. and, I, and maybe that's, you know, why I take my work so personally. But I, I do. No, and I think that that's why you're also nice to other people on sets because oh, you yeah. know what it's like. Well, also, you're raised to have manners. and you Yeah, know, but a, a lot certain... of people aren't. Well, you know. You are. I was, yeah. and I'm sure you were. <laughs> I hope, listen, I hope so. I hope people think that. No, but it's, it, but it's like the constant rejection is – but the thing is, is like what else am I going to fucking do? I, they, I've been asking myself, and that's but why, like, that's that's why, why it's I like, started getting you know into I'm other do... aspects of the industry. And that's why you're doing this podcast, yeah. because you can put, you can use this as a tool 
for for what you do well. But I think if we hadn't, if we had constantly been been working these past couple of years, like on a series, like doing all these You're things, right. our minds wouldn't be. I wouldn't What's have written the next that step? script. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have taken the leap into directing because for me, it was. That's the scariest thing in the world to me was to be a director because I had watched so many phenomenal directors mm-hmm. in my life do that. And I was like, I don't want to be a fuck up. Like, I don't want to yeah. be laughed at. I want to make sure I know what I'm fucking doing when I get in there. Yeah. And then I realized because I was an actor for so long, I did have a very specific way of talking to actors that made mm-hmm. them comfortable, that would make me comfortable because I was trying to, you know, approach things in a way that I would want them to be approached. Yeah. And I think that that background, like you said, helps. And I think it helps helps. you in something like this because you're able to be honest. You have all this experience behind it. You can you can approach things in the most honest way. You're talking about mental health, which no one does, especially in acting. You don't you go in an audition, you go, Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Okay, thank you. Have a nice day. I'll just be in the back here. And that's the extent of it. Breathing in a paper bag. Yeah. And I have I developed such an anxiety with auditioning at such a young age that now it's such a trigger for me. That when I think about an audition, like my the pit is already for me, yeah. my stomach, and I've I haven't been able, no matter what, like no meditation, no amount of any habitual anything has been able to get me out of the second I get into that waiting room. That's feeling so just weird. a rush I, I of never, just like pain. I never had that before until, and I thought maybe it was because of age, mm-hmm. and then probably like two years ago, I started having those like panic attacks yep. that I had never had before. I would auditions. start. To, I would start. I did this. <sighs> Last pilot, this past pilot season, I had this network test, and it was something I should have booked. Like, I definitely was like, liked for it. I, I slept was right with the it. director. I, <laughs> I should slept have with everyone it. in that audience. I should have booked it. But Men, I, women, drag queens, <laughs> I did it all. It didn't matter to me. I just closed my eyes. But I, I just like right before it, and I think it's because there's all this pressure now because you're not auditioning often that you like when it comes to you, you're like, I you're have 100% this is the one. It. I have right. to get this one. I full fledged blacked out. And I barely oh, remember my audition. And I I just remember, I remember it was okay. Like, I know I did nothing completely embarrassing. Right. But I remember right before I went in there, I was like, okay, I'm going to have some caffeine, right? So I was like chugging coffee. And I was like, oh my God, now I got to pee. And then I was oh. like, okay, well, now I'm going to have water because then I can't like feel my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like a mess. And buzzing. And I looked great when I walked in that building. And by the time I went in the room, I was just sweat. And my hair was just like flat. No. And I just was like flush. And I, I don't know what it was, but I think like, as you, and it's true, as you get older, you put more pressure on yourself to like book things. Yeah, maybe it's just age. <sighs> I don't know what me. it is, and and I have a. I used to be someone that could literally look at sides one time and know my lines. Like I've me always too. been that person. Or if someone says it to me, like I know uh, when I was on Big Bang, that was very. It was a true test of of memorization because, as you know, and people may not know this, they change the lines literally. If you don't get that laugh during the live yep. audience, after one take, they rechange the they, entire they thing. They rewrite the whole they line. They write it on their multiple hands. Multiple lines. Yeah. yeah, multiple lines. And they those, write it on their hands. Or they'll just come over and whisper it to you. Or they'll whisper it to you, and you have to know it, and you're like, shit, And then you're trying. It's like being a stand-up. You know, you're trying out a new you're joke. You're trying a joke, and it doesn't In front of hit. everyone. And it's not even anything you wrote. You're like, please don't you're hate like, me. It's, it's not me. I remember okay. I did an episode of Hank. Uh, which was the Kelsey yeah. Grammer sitcom I was on where I played his daughter. And oh, my the- God, I forgot about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. And he in the show, he made me, I think it was like he made me get a job because I was like spoiled <laughs> from the city. So I, I get a job and I'm working in an ice cream store like in the mall. And none of the jokes were landing. And like, <gasps> you know how multiple. Oh. And it's one of those things where like, I don't know what it was. It was just that one day and yeah. that joke, it just wasn't landing. And finally, they're like, just come on the other whisper. And so I, I do the scene and I'm like, how much rum raisin have you had? No. And everyone's like, ah! 
And I was like, that. And I just looked around and shocked. Like, I was like, one. that's the one that did it. You know, it's like shocking sometimes. Sometimes they just give them pizza, though. You know. <laughs> oh, every time. Yeah. They're like, pee. Every, everyone gets a Have slice a pizza of pizza. And laugh. Have, laugh a little more. It's the same thing on sets, though. You give people food to motivate them. I know? know, but it's but that was the first time after that I was like. I started having the hardest time remembering my my lines going into auditions. Same. And I got so fucked up because sometimes people would say to me, like, after I had gotten the role, you know, sometimes they'd be like, oh, yeah, we hate when people come in with, with their sides because they don't seem prepared, okay? And then I had other people that were like, no, 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 if you come in off book, it's so weird. It feels like you over-prepare. <laughs> like, we wanted to see No one natural. wants someone who's desperate for a job. No one wants no. someone who's desperate for your job and then I'm like shaking hysterically and not even because I want to or I'm feeling like no no nervous because no. you don't like, know what 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 balance right? do I find what's right but nothing's right and nothing's wrong there's no right and wrong way to do it it's like it's your specific taste and the people who are watching you specific taste that yeah. specific day and that's it yeah it's all circumstance that person could have had a bad breakfast burrito and they're gonna fucking hate your performance and if you would have shown up good. the next day and done the same thing they might have loved it God. it's all circumstance Can unfortunately I am your agent. <laughs> you didn't know this. I'm taking 10% I've, of this Yeah, call. no, I've, I've already written myself a check. Listen, I'm a director, I'm a writer, I'm an actress, and I'm also an agent I'm going to be an side. agent now, fuck it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now, is there anything that you can tell me that you do to uh, de-stress or help with your panic attacks? Oh, because panic attacks are new for me. And oh, I thought okay. I had a stroke one time because I didn't okay, realize what a so panic attack was. This is, this and we was, went to the hospital. This is, <laughs> this is really embarrassing. Okay, no, it's not about... When I was about 19, 20, I started getting uh, half my body would just go numb. Yes. And I thought I was having a stroke. I had my brother drive me to the ER. Would your eyes like start getting dark? Oh, yeah. I couldn't. So the first time I ever had a panic attack, I think I was, I say I was 50. I think I was 16 when I had my first panic attack. I was driving (gasps) at night and to Vegas. And there was like three people with me. And I started getting like this tunnel vision and I would, my eyes would go like black, almost like black out. <gasps> oh, I know that feeling. And then it's you would so feel gross. like everything's expanding and kind of like imploding at yeah. once. I don't know how yeah, else to no, explain no, it. No, 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 that's exactly And so how I it pulled is. off and I'd never experienced like this. So, and the, a lot of people don't understand if you haven't had a panic attack, it feels like you're dying. No, like, it feels like you're having a stroke. Yeah. And you're, and I, I thought multiple times, and I went to the hospital multiple times when that exact same symptom happened. Half the body goes numb. I couldn't feel my arm. Did you have slurred speech oh, a yeah. little bit? Yeah, that's... And I, I went to the ER, and I went to urgent care multiple, and they were always like, it's a panic attack. And I'm like, I'm, it's not. It's I was like, not. I swear, I'm having yeah. a stroke. And they're like, you're not having a stroke. Yeah. And I didn't believe it. And I think the only thing that got me out of it was, like, time. I think it took me about a year for me to, like, settle into the fact that it's going to happen uh-huh. and almost give into it. Because when I started fighting it, my panic attack would, like fight back at me mm-hmm. and then I would it would just get worse and worse and they get more frequent yeah and I had to I had to sort of tell myself like you're okay and I know that's so simple no no everyone, no it's the only thing that helped me everyone, is I go it's gonna pass everyone has different symptoms and, mm-hmm. and, and everyone has a different remedy for it and you could give one person advice that's gonna be totally wrong for them you know right uh, a lot of people meditate I I try meditate. I don't. Eh. Sometimes it, it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Um. But it's not a sure thing for me. It's like I. I just have to like accept it. Why do you think it happened when you were sixteen? I don't. See, I think it was. I, I think either. it was right at the point when I started thinking about 
adulthood and thinking about making money on my own and living on my own. And I think it was just it like hits a trigger. You. Yeah. And certain things are like, you know, some people get into their late 20s and they start having panic attacks yeah. because all of a sudden you're going to be 30 or you're, you know, like and mine, mine will come and go like one month. I'll have a bunch and then I'll go six months without having any. Yeah. And then you forget the feeling. Yes. And, and then, then it the comes feeling comes back. back around and you're like, and oh, the, and the worst part is, you know, trying to explain it to someone who's never had real anxiety before because yeah. the term anxiety is thrown around like oh this is me this gave this me anxiety is, yeah, yeah but like when you have real honest to god panic attacks or anxiety it, you try and explain it to certain people who maybe have never been through it and like i've had a couple exes like in the past and it makes relationships hard because i've had exes in the oh past my god, totally. where i'm like i have an anxiety disorder and i have panic attacks and they're like you're fine and I don't you just want to punch them? It's such a trigger for me. And well, it just makes me like more panicked yeah. because I can't then explain to that person that it's nothing that I'm doing mm-hmm. or it's nothing I'm I can help. And it's the answer is always the same with with certain people. It's always, well, something must be giving you anxiety. Yeah. And I'm always like, yeah, but I don't fucking know what it I is. I don't know what it is. It just happens. There's a part of my brain that just triggers and, you know, do you believe in therapy? Like do you are you a therapy 100%. person and that helps you a lot? I mean, look, sometimes it helps and sometimes it doesn't, mm-hmm. but I don't think it hurts. And I I think like if anyone can, they should be in therapy. Right. I've always been an advocate for that because yeah. At least you're talking about something. It's not going to make it worse to talk about it. No. You know, I'm always an avid believer. Like, go, even if you can't afford therapy, maybe you don't have help. Like, talk to someone. Talk to someone. Yeah. And, and I always. Just normalize it in your head because the more it's like taboo, yeah. it just it just makes it expand. It's really interesting that this happened to you when you were like 16. I could have been 17 too, but, but it was right still, around that age when like you're that hitting like. age where that happens yeah. and being on a set while this is all like happening and in no your life. And no one knew, you know. And no one can know. Mm-hmm. I had a small pan, well, it's weird. It's the only panic attack, blah, blah, blah. It's the only panic attack that I had. Oh my God, she's having one right I know, now. exactly, right? Stop me. <laughs> no. It's the only one that I had before the one that I really remembered that I thought I was having a stroke. Mm-hmm. Is I had one, and um, when I was shooting Caprica, I was in the, tr- like, at, during set, I had a panic attack. I didn't know what it was. Yep. And I thought, oh, it's got to be a trigger because my grandma had just had a stroke. And she uh, passed away, like, a couple months later. Oh, but for man. me, I think it was just, like, in my head. So I don't really consider that a panic attack the way that I would consider it what I went through well, recently the panic attack right. but it wasn't an attack di- they're all different totally. you know but I didn't have any in between then mm-hmm. but it was the weirdest thing because I was on set in Vancouver mm-hmm. like you don't really have it's not your family you know all the stuff but you it know. is your family it's your TV and you're family tra- you know, you're, but you're on a show so you're trying to be professional trying to be yeah. totally professional and they had a doctor come because I was like oh I have a really bad migraine like I'm feeling very faint like what's going on and the doctor was like the sweetest guy in the entire world and he's like you know there are so many celebrities that are here every celebrity has a panic attack I'm gonna give you like a beta blocker to chill you the fuck out right now and you're fine and it was the first time that someone had because I wasn't diagnosed bipolar yet so right. it was the first time that someone had acknowledged that what I was going through mentally was, valid. was okay and it was valid and that other and you people go just, through it you know having a moment you know no because a lot of the time it's like you're you're fine like just just stop just stop thinking about it yeah I'm like oh, <laughs> if that were the answer how old were you when you were diagnosed with bipolar I was 22 it was after oh, wow, okay. after that video that I showed you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I wonder what led up to it 
to. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why I was a little out of control. You still need um, to connect the link. Oh that video my god, to that is just the best video. We'll have to so make a good. compilation. But um, and I was not drunk. Just want to preface that to everyone. <laughs> that's the problem. Um, but no, I was 22. Wow. It was after Caprica. It was or it was kind of in between. And an acupuncturist um is the one who diagnosed me. Because I was feeling the numbness on the left uh-huh. side of my body constantly. I had constant migraines. I had severe anger issues, but I knew, but it wasn't anger towards other people. It was myself. Right. So I would break mirrors every single time. I couldn't, um, I couldn't get dressed or look at myself in the mirror if it wasn't 100% perfect. And if it wasn't perfect, wow. I would break it. Wow. All the time. Well, I know it materializes very differently. I know a lot of people who have different forms of bipolar disorder. And I yeah. know it's like sometimes it's lashing out at others for you. Mm-hmm. Yourself. Myself. Yeah, yeah exactly. Wow. And so I, um, yeah, so then he said, has anyone told you you were bipolar? Like, what are you talking about? You're like, my ex-boyfriend did. (laughs) What does that matter? My ex-boyfriend called me a sociopath, (laughs) and that's what it is. Um, But, yeah, no, he he was incredible. And he said he, like, works with, like, some famous people, you know? And so he's Mm -hmm. like, I know what – because any time that I had stress or something, they'd be like, oh, it's because you're an actress, Right? Oh, yeah, and like no, I got I, that I got all the that time. But because he worked with people who, who were in the same industry exactly, doing the same thing. He's like, it's not because you're an actress. Like he's like <laughs> There's you're a bipolar. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of people have this. And it's like a hard that's like when someone told me I have an anxiety disorder. It's like a weird hard pill to swallow, but it almost like makes you finally feel like there's like I finally a reason could behind everything that's going on and you're not like completely losing your mind. Yeah. There's actually something that's triggering it. Yeah. And for me it was like a weird bittersweet moment of like Okay, so something I can't control, but at least I know that there's a reason behind it. And you it. were 17 when they told you? I was about 18 when they finally wow. told me. Because I didn't know what was... I, I kind of sat on it for a while, you know? Did you tell people? Not... I, I told, like, some of my family. And, yeah. like... And I went to a psychiatrist because I just... I was like... Oh, something's like, wrong. Something's off. And I didn't know what it was. I thought it was just, like, a fleeting thing. Yeah. Um, and it, and they were like, well, that's perfectly normal. It's generalizing. And I was like, what? <laughs> Is that simple? Excuse me? <laughs> and I, and I, you know, I had the option to like go on a Lexapro sort of situation or not. And I, I chose not to. I still haven't had to yet. Yeah. Um, I'm not against it by any no, means. No, I mean, medication is not for everyone. And, and exactly. it's like, and, and I, and talk I, to a professional. That's what I always say. Exactly. And it's, it's literally case by case. For me personally, I just didn't, I didn't want to have to take mm-hmm. something every day. I thought I'm going to try and work this out on my own. Mm-hmm. And if it gets bad, I'm going to go back to that, you know? Um, but I, as I get older, I think I just learned new ways to manage it. Uh-huh. And sometimes it's just like lo- like locking myself in my room and letting myself just think every thought yeah. imaginable, not stopping myself, mm-hmm. not ma- not limiting myself to being like, that's crazy, don't think that, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I think that my anxiety always kind of came out more when I would tell myself, you're not allowed to feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, like get your shit together. No one else is feeling that. And that's like, no one else is panicking problem. about this. Yeah, that's the whole problem, exactly. I think, just in general with um with society is that it is still such a stigma and people can be like oh no mental health like we're all open like Mm -hmm. we're all into it whatever but then they're not you know then they're really not it's something people post on their instagram and then they never talk about again well and it's it's i work with this organization called nami and they're the national alliance of mental um 
Illness. Illness. Thank you. I don't know why. I just wanted to say health. My hair. My hair. Okay, guys, <laughs> I must be having a panic attack because Jordan's here. Um, but no, but I work with them, and they had this whole <sighs> campaign that was coming out for for World Mental Health Day, and they were like, "We just want to stop everyone who's on social media doing this for a hashtag to get more followers." Exactly. And they're like, "People will post things like not feeling sexy today." Hashtag, hashtag mental World Mental Health. health. Yes. Yeah. And and they were like, "We just want people like, to do." And so it was last year, and I was like, well, fuck this. I'm going to talk even more about my bipolar disorder Mm -hmm. and do all this. I'm so glad you did because I never even knew that part of you. And I think that's so cool that you shared that. And now you're doing this. Yeah. And now I'm here. <laughs> like, I went from zero to 60. Yeah, if that's not someone fast. who's like very manic, I don't know what it is. Like, you're like, and now it's a podcast. I was like, two weeks? Okay, I've revealed my life. Let's do it. What's next? Reality show? Like, you're good. I mean, someone's got to do it. But, but it's, but what's really, what I really, the whole goal of this for me was A, it's like therapy for me. And it's like bizarre. The more I talk about things, the more I remember things things about myself oh, and my yeah. past you and block stuff like out this. a lot of shit block out a because lot. there's so much stuff yeah there are you know? so much <laughs> you shit. gotta weed through all the the top layer to yeah. get to everything else and getting different people and different voices mm-hmm. and different backgrounds and like having you on here like there's gonna be a lot of cross like fandom right oh, between yeah. the two of us yeah. like it's very like similar mm-hmm. and i think that there's so many there's so much advice that you've given and there's so much stuff that you've said in regards to your anxiety and panic and all this stuff that people will take a little bit from and be like, okay, I'm going to try this because Jordan does this. Well, yeah. And like, you like know, I said, and all, that's all, all it takes is one person. You know, like someone might, the things I do might work for someone and then work for no one else. Right. And, and vice versa. Like I've had people give me advice and I'm just like, mm, try it. Sorry. You know, like I work. want it to, but it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I think everything's just, it's such a personal thing to everyone. Yeah. That, yeah, you're right. The more you can put it out there and the more voices you can have. Like, Yeah, it's all about the voices. I like, agree. that's really what I care about. Um, What is the movie called? It's called God Save the Queens. God Save the Queens. <laughs> Thank you. And when do we estimate it's going to come? Oh, God. Okay, so we still have 2020. Another... Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be 2020. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's not like Star Wars. I'm not going to be like, in like five years. 2024, yeah. it's coming. No, it'll be next year. I'm just not sure when. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you my final question. I asked all the guests this. Okay, okay Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you get up in the morning and continue on with your life? My dogs. Yeah. My puppies, honestly. We didn't even touch about your emotional support <laughs> angels. Honestly, if you go on my Instagram, you'll, you can see everything there is to see about my dogs. But I think uh, having something to take care of that cares about you so much that's almost like greater than yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and dogs are, and it's, I sound crazy, but it's not. dogs are such positive animals, you know, no matter what. You know, my, my, I was telling you, my puppy, he passed about yeah. like a month ago and he woke up, and even when he had cancer, it's like he woke up every day and he just wanted to go swim in the pool. <gasps> and it's one of those things where you're like, okay, if he can, you know, deal with this and still want to like wake up every day and like yeah. get going, it's, it's motivating. It Animals is are super motivating. You're not the only person that's answered that. <laughs> Damn. And everyone says, no, man, people be like, oh, it sounds though. so stupid, but it's my dogs. But that's always my answer. My answer is I have two beings that depend on that me for their life. Exactly. If I don't feed them, they die. 100%. Like that, That's just the truth of the matter. Yep. And like I've chosen to take that responsibility. You've chosen to take that yeah, responsibility. Yeah, I just adopted another who had baby. pneumonia who I just had no. to, I had to keep them 
in a different room, quarantine for about a month, and like take care of them, give them pills, give them steam yeah. showers. And I, I, I take on animals that are sick. I mean, my other dog, you know, yeah. he has one eye, and I took on but his medical so stuff because it's you know like they're they're in need, and and I always feel like you know I'm giving them a home at the end of the day, and they're happy with me. Yeah. And I mean, it makes me feel good, and them feel good, and. It's all love. It's all love, baby. Oh, well, I love that you came here, and I really Me appreciate too. it. It's Thank really fun to, to just just relive our childhood. God, it's just <laughs> and watch terrible videos. Oh my I god! Mean, I can't we'll wait continue for, to. We will continue to. Um, thank you so much for joining Emotional Support. Bye, guys. Emotional Support.